0: Hello and welcome to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk, ICRT's weekly interview segment bringing you conversations from and about Taiwan. I'm Keith Mancone. The first Asian family to take center stage in a U.S. primetime network sitcom in about two decades just happens to be an immigrant family from Taiwan. And that show just happened to kick off its third season with an episode filmed almost entirely here in Taipei. The show is, of course, Fresh Off the Boat. Yep, that one, Fresh Off the, <fired> the M- yep, Boat. And that family is the Huangs, with father and mother, Louis and Jessica, who both grew up in Taiwan, and their three sons, who are growing up in the U.S. Now, usually, the show deals with the family's struggles, you know, with culture clash and fitting in in the U.S., but in the season three premiere, uh, the show kind of flips the script on them. Uh, In this episode, the Huang family heads back to Taiwan to settle a family dispute. And to the surprise of Jessica and Louis, their old home takes a little bit more getting used to than they might have thought. In this scene, we can hear the younger Huangs, uh, the three brothers struggling with a Taiwan classic, Mosquitoes.
1: According to my pamphlets, it's prime
0: biting hour. And according to Emery's face. I guess I just have sweet blood. Okay, no sweet blood, no pamphlets, no complaining. You guys need to toughen up. Stop being soft American eggs and start being
1: thousand-year-old Taiwanese eggs.
0: I recently had a chance to speak with the show's executive producer, Melvin Marr, who is himself familiar with some of these identity conflicts. Uh, he's from California, but his family is from Hong Kong, so kind of direct experience with a lot of this stuff. I also realized uh, one of our own here at ICRT uh, has some direct experience as well. Afternoon DJ Joey C uh, was born here in Taiwan, but then uh, spent a lot of his growing up time over in Canada. And then uh, he came back to Taiwan as an adult. So I was very curious to hear what his reaction was to the episode. So I invited him to join in in the conversation as well. Uh, Just a quick note before we jump in, Melvin Marr was joining us from Hawaii, so you can hear a little bit of road noise in the background, I think he might have been in his trailer, so that's what that is. Anyway, without further ado, here's the conversation. Melvin, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me, uh, it's very exciting. Uh, and uh, Joey, thanks for joining us as well, glad to have you on the show. Anytime, Keith. So let's just start off with, could you tell us just a little bit about where the idea for starting your third season in Taiwan came from, uh, and why this was something that uh, you really felt like was worth the hassle?
2: Well, starting the third season, um, Nanaka Khan and I were sort of just talking about what would be a good starting point. And, you know, the show has always um, found a commonality amongst, um, you know, immigrants and people who have families or, or, or uh, relatives that have immigrated to America, and you know uh, she's Persian American. I'm Chinese American. Um, but you know, in, in creating the show, we've always found similarities between our families, and that's sort of the universal thing that makes, uh, I think, the show relatable and successful. Um, and we talked about something that was uh, was very interesting. The first time she, as a child, went back to Iran. And the first time I um, went back to Hong Kong and then, you know, southern China with my parents. And we just talked about what that felt like, you know, and um, being born in America, sort of hearing about stories of the old country through your grandparents and your folks, and finally getting to see it. And that was something that I thought was authentic to what we were trying to do, you know, and what we had been doing. And um, it just seemed like it's an amazing opportunity to sort of talk about um, identity and just sort of where you belong uh, as an American-born, you know, um, uh, citizen, um, you know, with uh, one sort of culture, uh, with sort of a culture uh, from elsewhere. And um, it was really fun to sort of talk about the Huang family that way. And uh, that's when we just sort of start out, started out um, breaking an idea. And then we went to the studio and said, hey, I have a great idea. Can we go to Taiwan? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we, we set out to, to do it, you know.
0: So uh, from an American perspective, I mean, this uh, obviously uh, is a, a family that comes from Taiwan. But this uh, is about an experience that is uh, probably shared by uh, many, many families uh, in the U.S., I, I, I think is kind of what you're pointing at.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the. I I think that's the, the sort of appeal of the show. You know, it, it's a show here not only for Chinese Americans or Taiwanese Americans or Asian Americans. Even it's it's for everybody. You know, through the lens of a you know a Chinese Taiwanese family, and um, I, I think there's just a universal idea there. You know, people there's a lot of people here or everybody in in America sort of has. Uh, an, a, an idea of what it feels like to be you know an outsider um, and then the extension of that is a uh, you know a lot of the the population is comprised of immigrants and that's the thing that the show is always hit on you know and um, makes it very relatable to everybody
0: mm. All right. Well, I want to get a little bit deeper into some of those themes in just a second. But before we get there, uh, I think it's actually pretty interesting to talk about what went into filming uh, itself in Taiwan. Uh, I've actually talked to a number of uh, Taiwan government officials that are trying to promote uh, movie filming in Taiwan. I don't think that any of them had ever considered TV uh, as, as something that could take place in Taiwan. So I'm really curious to hear your experience of what it was like to bring a TV film production uh, to Taipei. Uh, was it was it challenging? Was it easier than you expected? How was that?
2: Uh, we were very fortunate. I, I, I have to give credit uh, to where credit is due, and uh, my good friend David Lee, who's a longtime collaborator with Ang Lee, um, really helped me um, sort of navigate a lot of it, you know? Um we uh the show did a uh, sort of a little viral video about a year and a half ago where we were sort of poked fun at um you know, the Golden Globes in nineteen ninety five where uh Aang was nominated for Sense and Sensibility but then lost to Mel Gibson. It was this whole little online video that um uh you know made it seem like the Wong family was ready, and it was the Super Bowl for the Wong family, and they were very disappointed that Aang lost. And it was just a little joke that we did to promote the show, and um, you know, I guess Aang saw it, and um, David, um, who I had been friendly with, you know, uh, was sort of completely bowled over by it, and when we first had the idea, you know, even before I went to the studio, I just sort of, I called David and I said, like, I have this crazy idea, what do you think? And... You know, they had just finished um, a movie uh, called Silence with uh, Martin Scorsese directing. Much bigger, obviously. Um, and uh, I said, do you think this could this could work? And he said, yeah, let's try it, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm behind you. Just let me know and I'll help you navigate. And, um, you know, true to form, when we came to um, Taipei in, in May to scout, we went on a bunch of meetings with every minister that you could think of in Taipei City and New Taipei City, uh, the cultural minister of Taiwan. All amazing people. Just when we got in in front of them and we sort of talked about what we wanted to do, they were uh, they were amazing. They were so helpful and just so you know enthusiastic about it, and um, you know just willing to share and uh, share their own experiences, and and we just sort of thought like. This could happen, you know, outside of the sort of normal production uh, hardships and variables. There was um, a real excitement, I think, by the part of uh, the Taiwanese government that really helped.
0: Yeah, they're definitely uh, very eager to get uh, the more filmmakers into Taiwan. Uh, just to talk about some of the uh, specifics of, you know, uh, the, the the filming itself, I mean, uh, some of the more uh, noticeable shots to me anyway, uh, that made it into the episode were uh, you, you had some very important uh, scenes at the Chiang Kai-shek memorial. That was really cool. Very expansive shot. Uh, and then you, you, you even fil- uh, filmed, I think it was in sort of western Taipei, uh, I think it might have been Dihua Jia, Dihua Street, mm-hmm. uh, the, pretty close to my house actually, which <laughs> was pretty cool to see. Uh, so tell me about some of the cool locations uh, that that, y- that you enjoyed filming in.
2: I mean, we, we picked sort of three big ones, which I think were essential to the storyline, which is um, something that really, you know... Uh, Visually, you wanted, you know, the world to see and sort of associate with with Taiwan, which is the Chiang Kai-shek Memorial, that whole area where the opera houses and, and the uh, concert hall is. Like, I thought that was just, it was beautiful. It's, it's, it's right in the middle, and that's iconically Taiwan, you know? And um, the storyline sort of revolves around um, Ken Jeong's character, who plays Lewis's brother, getting married. And we thought, what's like a, sort of an iconic hotel, you know, and uh, the Grand Hotel sort of fit that. The, this amazing facade and this, uh, this like, you walk into that lobby and you're just like, you feel like you're in a different time, in a different world, and um, we picked that, and then um, there was something about Dihua Street that was just so charming and great, you know, it was like one of these things where it just, you couldn't replicate it in a back lot, you know, and uh, it was definitely, like, when we first scouted it and walked it, we were like, that. we have to do it here. Whatever we have to do, we have to shoot here. And uh, we sort of crafted the idea of the, the episode around that a little bit. And uh, we, we saw a lot of other things. We saw a lot in New Taipei. We actually... The, the thing about the lanterns, um, we actually... I forget the name of the place now, but it was in New Taipei City. And it was right by the... some railroad tracks and where you get to sort of lift the lantern up and um we thought that was a really cool thing it just uh production wise we couldn't get out to new taipei city so we um we did it in taipei city
0: Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, that's all by way of just giving uh, our listeners a little bit of a sense of uh, the filming itself and what went into all of that. Uh, I want to toss things over uh, now to Joey, though, because uh, one of the things that the episode is really dealing with is going back to the country that you were born in after you've been gone for a long time. And I think as you've kind of already hinted at uh, and as the uh, episode kind of gets at uh, it's, it's a very different experience to go back. Uh, there's, there's things that have changed about you. There's things that have changed about the country. Uh, and the episode really explores that tension, that identity crisis of uh, how, how, how different everything can really seem. Uh, once you've been exposed to a new country and kind of spent some time elsewhere. Now, Joey, uh, you've had a very similar experience to all that, because you grew up uh, until maybe 10 or so uh, in Taiwan, then you went over to Canada, and then as an adult, you came back here to Taiwan. So uh, I'm very curious to hear uh, your impression of that aspect of the episode and and how much of that you could relate to.
1: Uh, Yeah, I moved back about nine years ago, so just Mm -hmm. uh, right out of college, uh, so it was a big change of scenery, big change of uh, cultural um, atmosphere. And certainly a lot of the things that were happening in this first um, episode of the new season, um, I can definitely relate with. Uh, and I think Melvin actually hit a lot of the sweet spots when it comes to uh, cultural crisis or, excuse me, um, identity crisis or just feeling out of place. Um, coming back into Taiwan, the episode touched on um, arranged marriage, or um, the fact that it uh, seems like Asian moms always want to hit the night markets and get everything they need, daily supplies for the next whole year, uh, when, whenever they come back to Taiwan, and too much schooling, and uh, also um, family often, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a skill set uh, to be passed from generation to generation to go into night markets and learn how to haggle. So I actually am curious how Melvin knew all of these um, because I think, Melvin, you're a second generation um, immigrant, right?
2: Uh, I'm first generation, I guess it depends on how you sort of categorize it, but I'm the first generation born in um, the United States. And, you know, uh, sort of what- whatever we sort of put in the episode comes from some version of, you know, um, your parents or your grandparents, um, you know, uh, and their relationship with the old country, you know, and, you know, as a child, I saw my, my mother and my grandmother haggle, you know, uh, I remember going back and it was, it was, you know, uh, you go to the night market and literally it was start walking, you know, like explaining that process of like haggling with somebody and the power they felt when it's like, turn around and walk away, like <laughs> knowing that the person would chase you or, you know, like that whole like dance, that intricate thing was, um, you know that I, I I sort of witnessed firsthand as a as a kid and just not understanding and then as you get older you think back on it you think how ridiculous it is but uh, you know it you know you get older though you you, you appreciate it you know and um, all those little details um, you know there's a bunch of us in the writers room or a bunch of them in the writers room uh, that sort of have that thing you know and I think some of it. Uh, it translates to other cultures as well. You know, um, there's um, there's a great sort of specificity to to um, uh, the way um, I think people who have immigrated to the United States uh, look back on, you know, the culture of, uh, of the place they came from. And there's a lot of commonality, you know.
0: And it's pretty interesting the way that you put that because... Uh, you know whether you look at that as kind of a silly thing, all those all that s- that weird dance that goes into haggling, whether that seems silly to you or, or whether that seems really impressive because it 's a skill that you 've developed and, and you 've gotten good at that uh, cultural dance uh, you know it 's all a matter of perspective, and that that 's something that kind of shifts with time uh, depending on how long uh, you 've been outside of the culture. Uh, and it it seems like that comes across in the episode too. Is that matter of perspective uh, is is something that uh, Jessica, the mother uh, in the family, is 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 kind of uh, wrestling with a little bit.
2: Yeah, and you know I remember very um, specifically when my mother went back to um, China and Hong Kong when I went with her for the first time. You know she went through a thing that was very similar because she had sort of an idealized you know memory of what it was like. And she hadn't been back in Hong Kong or China for, I don't know, it must have been 15 years. And to just sort of watch her, like, come to terms with the idea that the place has been sort of changing in those 15 years was fascinating, you know? And, and uh, you know, having her sort of realize that, like, nothing stays the way you remember it. And sometimes it's great for it to stay there, you know? You don't, you, you can't go back to it, you know, and I think that's a very real feeling, you know, um, for a lot of people, and it was something that I thought, um, and, and Notch really hit it, hit it, you know, in her, in her episode was just, like, that, uh, that romantic the romanticized idea of, uh, your home, you know, and the changing of, like, where your new home is, you know, and I, I just, it's, it's great and i think we're the only television uh show on american tv that can actually talk about something like this and um
1: it was uh it's been it's been awesome you know just to hear the reaction from everybody mm. and more about the things that you tend to forget uh if you haven't returned home for a while for example in the episode you know just after jessica haggled for that uh, pair of jordans uh for 600 nt and um Uh, Eddie put it on, and I knew at that point that, for sure, that's a knockoff, and that shoe's (laughs) going to break apart very soon, and of course, surely enough, you know, you put that into the episode, which I thought was was quite beautifully done, Uh, but also, that's some of the smaller things, I think some of the bigger things about the environment that uh, constantly changes, Uh, I myself am someone who spent uh, quite a, a few years in Vancouver, then I moved to uh, the East Coast in Ottawa to study. And even just after four or five years of studying and living there for a bit, uh, coming back to Vancouver, things have changed. And certainly moving back to Taiwan, you know, you see all these changes. And every once in a while, now that I visit Vancouver again, I see uh, very different things. So do you think, Melvin, is that um, some of the things, some of the changes that we touch on is really just sort of a temporary um, uh, the Displacement with uh, what your, as you say, romanticized um, uh, impression of the country is. And if you just stayed in the country for a little bit longer, then you feel like, oh, it, you know what? Nothing really um, has changed all that much. The root, the cultural part is still there. And of course, you know, uh, for example, uh, in the episode, there is this old man who Jessica used to buy soup from. And of course, you know, uh, people like that, people age and uh, given a span of, uh, say, 10 or 20 years, small things will change. But the bigger picture, it would never be uh, quite that different. Uh, have you yourself, you know, say maybe you stayed in Hong Kong for a couple of years, and do you feel like if you just stay in the country for a bit, uh, some of these changes can be picked back up?
2: Definitely, I, I think um, the realization of the changes is ultimately, to me, uh, um, an appreciation of it. You know, and you know, I think it's as cliche as it sounds. You appreciate things more when you don't have them anymore, you know. And like in that scene with the um, uh, the you know the, the the old man who sells uh, sharks sharks uh, swordfish soup, you know, um, it was something that uh, I think Jessica really appreciated. And then not being away from it really sort of set that in. And uh, I think to answer your question, if you know if she stuck around a little longer. You might have taken some of it for granted, you know, and but the overall thing, I think you're right, which is the culture is not changing in the way it is in sort of the immigrants mind, but it's evolving, you know, and it's there's a little bit of catch up when you show up. And I think that's the thing that really turns into appreciation,
1: right? And um, finally, I think uh, as we touch on identity crisis, sometimes it goes further than just the immediate material uh, changes or um, discomfort we feel with something that we're no longer familiar with. Uh, Sometimes it goes further to, you know, say the the younger generation uh, who were raised in a certain, say, Western culture like uh, you and I were. uh, Sometimes we avoid uh, trying to understand the literature, uh, or maybe tr- to watch movies uh, or um, shows that were made from certain parts of the world, say in Hong Kong or Taiwan, and um, if only we give it a little bit more chance, sometimes we actually, sometimes we actually come to uh, a certain type of uh, reflection or. Um, Uh, There's something that we can reflect on if we give ourselves the chance to embrace the culture once again. And that also is a part of our identity crisis is maybe you and I, people like you and I, don't give ourselves enough opportunity to um, embrace our Asian side of the culture.
0: That's actually interesting, Joey. So you're saying when you came back, it took you a while to warm back up to the culture?
1: I think I still don't watch – taiwan productions as much as i do western productions and mm-hmm. it's just something that's become embedded in my in me uh, as a part of my growing up and i'm not sure if that's the same with melvin and uh, how much he has actually yeah. taken from you know this culture
2: i, I you know it's funny because as i've as i've gotten older i've sort of looked back on it with a little bit of regret like i should have um spent a little more time appreciating it like in the episode you know evan's attitude. Uh, And it, though more extreme for the show, was very similar to my own when the first time I went to to China and Hong Kong, which was, you know, it was 1997. It was a seminal moment in in Hong Kong history. And yet, as I look back on it now, I I have a little regret thinking to myself that I didn't really appreciate it. I didn't really let, you know, it in enough. And I think it's probably maturity or just, you know, just not realizing it, you know, being a kid. and I was actually I was chatting with a friend um today, as a matter of fact, via text about about it, who was there with me at the time. She she happened to be in, in Hong Kong studying and we um I remember I was you know, going with my uh, my family, we'd see all the places that my family grew up at and I just was so bored and I couldn't I was like, I can't wait to like go do something else. And I remember seeking out Grace and saying, Let's go hang out someplace and she took me out and we we hung out and Looking back at it now, though, it was fun to hang out with Grace. I think I probably should have spent a little more time, you know, really sort of uh, appreciating where my my father lived, where my my mother lived, and, uh, you know, uh, all those details. And I wish I, you know, I I paid more attention, you know. And um, I think now, as when I go to those places, uh, now when I go to Asia, I really, as an adult, um, spend a little time, you know, just spend a little time, just soaking it in in a real way, and um, um really wanting uh, to to find uh, the special the specialness of the culture and and um, and how it sort of um, relates to my own identity, living and being born in America, you know, and how that sort of adds to the overall you know uh, community and society of being, you know. Chinese American.
0: Hmm. I want to ask a question that sort of relates to uh, the audience that you imagine for your show. Uh, Obviously, there's huge debates going on in the U.S. right now about representation and, uh, you know, how uh, especially, you know, we could bring up the Oscars and how uh, white they were the last time around and pretty much every time around. Uh, But that mostly focuses on, Uh, An American audience, a North American audience, you know, what's being represented to a North American audience. Um, But looking at it from Taiwan, I think what uh, sometimes people in the U.S. forget is that the the movies that are coming out of the U.S. are viewed by the entire world. So it's not just, you know, what sort of movies are being made for a U.S. audience. It's also a question of what sort of movies are are being made for everybody in the world and who's being represented uh, to everybody in the world. Uh, And, uh, well, we should point out uh, this show is going to air in... Taiwan. I've. Uh, I think I'm contractually obligated to mention that it's on Fox Taiwan at 10 p.m. Wednesdays from October 19th, and I will mention that again later. Um, but what do you, what do you, what do you think? Uh, do you keep in mind at all uh, how this is going to be viewed by audiences outside of America, or you know, maybe even specifically Taiwan uh, when you put together these shows?
2: Well, for Fresh Out the Boat specifically, I, I think it was one of these things where it was, it is, it, it's. It's a huge thing to sort of be able to talk about, um, you know, Asian-Americans in this way and specifically in the show, Taiwanese-Americans. And going into it, I knew there was going to be some relationship to, um, you know, the world audience. It, it was going to be not, not only for the North American audience, but for the world audience, like to have that representation by an Asian, by Asian faces, I think is a, is a huge thing. And, um, you know, and I think you're right. I think uh, America's greatest thing to um, the world is pop culture and entertainment. It's, it's, um, it's, it's one of the lead industries. As sort of society changes here and the face of America changes, it's important for, you know, the film and TV uh, industry, for, for pop culture to sort of reflect that. And I think... The, you're right, the world is watching in a real way because, you know, uh, whether it's in Taiwan or Hong Kong or China or wherever, there is some relationship to the United States, to American pop culture. And, um, you know, it, it's it's something that I think we're working on and uh, I, I think we just have to keep doing it. And there's a lot of people involved in working on it. You know, it's the, those of us who are... Um, you know working behind the scenes and those of us uh like my awesome cast who are in front of the camera and then just people who really want to change society you know i i run into these uh amazing sort of special interest groups these asian american groups who have been fighting for this for years you know whether it's through legislation or just um programs and you know i, I think they're making a difference and i think um you know People are starting to pay attention. I think executives in Hollywood are starting to pay attention. It's um, and it's really exciting.
1: Hmm. Well, just to I, I guess um, sum it up for uh, for uh, myself, um, Melvin, um, in the new episode. Uh, made uh, a reference to the movie Ghost, uh, where it's talking about you know um, ghosts that uh, don't exist in really the the afterlife nor in the um, the earthly life, and also and the movie Ghost, and the movie Ghost, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, using that as a um, a reference to um, to to how some immigrant families feel uh, that you don't really exist, and I think when I was watching it, it really touched me because I thought. Now the movie Ghost was um always uh, about how um being in that really weird juxtaposed uh, position you could um you can influence things uh, and uh, and and change how you see fit and or uh, you can use it to do good or use it to do evil uh, and i think as Marvin just mentioned you know being in our position is difficult uh bring uh, uh, being uh during our upbringing uh, but at the same time we have the ability to bridge two different cultures uh and make our voices heard if we can make our voices heard then we can make a difference and i think that is um something that uh, all of the uh, be it ABC, CBCs, uh, that could could really work on in the world.
2: Yeah, I, I I completely agree with you, and I um, you know, it's um, I give that I give all credit to that uh, analogy and that uh, you know with the, the movie Ghost to the writers and Najka Khan. But you know, when she first talked about it, you know, it made me sort of it was a very personal thing that uh, that occurred to me uh, when they first pitched it, which was you know my father who uh, recently passed away. Um, growing up, would always say, you know, don't make waves, which was something that was in uh, the first season of Fresh Off the Boat. Jessica says it right to, to Eddie as he um, goes off to school. But in thinking about it, that was always sort of the family philosophy, which was don't make waves. They always saw themselves not quite as a part of the society. It was always like they were always outsiders. And you know, I've gotten asked this, I've been asked this question a lot, um, because it's an election year here in the United States. And, you know, I think my father never, even though he was a citizen, he became a citizen, never felt comfortable enough to vote for whatever reason, you know, and, you know, didn't actually take part in it. Um, you know, and he could have, and I think if, uh, I had it to do over again, I would uh, encourage him to uh, and talk to him about it. And uh, I think that's, you know, that's something I think hopefully the show can um, encourage Asian Americans, Chinese Americans to really take a part of, you know, and um, um, step out of feeling like uh, a ghost, (laughs) you know?
0: All right. Well, uh, the show is fresh off the boat. Uh, We have been speaking to its executive producer, Melvin Marr. Uh, Very good to see a show like this, you know, uh, even just from a a perspective over here, beyond just, you know, uh, Asian American experience, bringing that to uh, a network show. It's, It's also very gratifying to see cross-cultural experiences and uh, immigrant experiences coming uh, to such a prominent show uh, because we are living in a more globalized world. And I think, uh, as uh, Joe, we can relate to, you know, that immigrant experience and that going back and forth uh, is is uh, a growing experience uh, for folks living in Taiwan uh, as well as the rest of the world. So all very good to see. Uh, And once again, fresh off the vote, will air on Fox Taiwan at 10 p.m. Wednesdays from October 19th. Melvin Marr, really good speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. Taiwan Talk broadcasts every Monday at 8 a.m. and 6 p.m., right after the the top-of-the-hour newscast on ICRT-FM 100. You can find it there. You can also find the extended podcast version, which is what you just heard, Online on iTunes, uh, the ICRT website, and, you know, a bunch of other places where you would expect to find podcasts. I also want to remind our listeners about another show that I host, Taiwan This Week, which is a weekly recap of the top news stories from around Taiwan. Uh, Made it for those of you out there who, you know, maybe don't have time to crack a newspaper open every single day to stay on top of the news cycle. It just makes it uh, that much easier to stay in touch with the news here in Taiwan. And even for those of you who are really hooked into the ins and outs of Taiwan news on top of it every single day, uh, well, we have some really smart people on the show to kind of break it down, add some expert insights and analysis uh, to round out that coverage in a way that you're probably not going to find most anywhere else. So uh, look for that every Friday. The podcast goes up uh, in the afternoon time, around about there. The show broadcasts at about 8.15 Friday evening. You can find that also on ICRT. FM 100. That is it for the show today. So for Taiwan Talk and ICRT and Joey C. Thanks, Joey C. Uh, I am Keith Manconi. See you next time.